Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how to avoid conflict at family meals, the science behind what makes you fall into a food coma, and how to be the best host or guest so you can make a great first impression with help from etiquette expert Jihan Murray-Smith. We handpicked these stories from the last few years to help you have a fantastic holiday season. And we remastered them just for you. Plus, as always, stick around for a brand new recap segment at the end of today's episode to hear our fresh takes on all of today's stories. But right now, let's satisfy some curiosity. The holidays often involve reuniting with family. That's great for a lot of people, but it can be bittersweet or just plain stressful for others. Fortunately, we've got three research-based tips from experts on how to keep the peace as you break bread during the holidays. Just don't talk about politics and religion, right? Well, yeah, but also don't talk about, like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to start paying for your own flights home now that you're in your 30s? You know, the usual. These all sound oddly specific. What? No. So first is some advice from Dr. Marie Hartwell Walker. She wrote for Psych Central, quote, Nowhere is it written that there shall be alcohol whenever a family gets together, unquote. If past dinners have been ruined by excessive drinking, let everyone know that you're having a booze-free holiday this year. Apple cider is delicious anyway, so who's going to complain? If you feel the holidays just wouldn't be the same without a good glass of wine, do the math and buy just enough for everyone to have no more than two glasses. Our second tip comes from a professor of human development at Cornell University. Gerontologist Carl Pilmer surveyed about 2,000 older people about their advice on keeping family time harmonious. One important piece of that advice, holidays are not the time for fixing problems. Quote, Thanksgiving is not the time to exhort your child to get out of a relationship or get into one, to get a new job or stay in the old one, or to get his or her life on track. And the same holds true in the other direction. This is not the time for adult offspring to push the folks to sell the house or start exercising. Let the holiday also be a break, the elders say, from trying to change one another, unquote. Our third and final tip might be tough to stick with, but here goes. According to Harvard University's Family Dinner Project, using technology at the table is a growing source of family tension. And a lot of the time, that's because parents set technology rules for their kids that they don't follow themselves. No matter how old you are, staring at a screen while you're in the middle of a conversation can make others feel ignored and disrespected. And that can lead to hurt feelings and lost tempers. Selfies and family photos are great during the holidays, but keep them confined to a set period of time. Then put the phone down and keep your eyes up. One exception to the technology rule is if you're showing off your smart speaker by playing our podcast for your friends and family. That is always acceptable etiquette. Okay, so that was a joke. But we've got more real tips in our full write-up on Curiosity.com and our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But seriously, you can play our podcast for your friends and family. It's a great idea. Thanksgiving is just one of many wonderful holidays for enjoying friends, family, and food. Of course, it's a lot easier to enjoy those things when you're awake. And that means that the last thing you need is a food coma. You know the feeling, right? You're just so sleepy after the meal, all you want to do is take a nap. Fun fact, in scientific terms, this is called postprandial somnolence. Postprandial means after a meal, and somnolence means drowsiness. And I'm about to tell you why it happens and how to avoid it. So when you eat, your pancreas releases insulin to help your stomach absorb glucose from the carbohydrates in the meal. This insulin also sends a variety of amino acids into your brain, including the sleepy chemical known as tryptophan. When you eat a meal that's high in carbohydrates, you get a larger spike in insulin, 
along with more tryptophan heading to your brain. That's why you don't fall into a food coma after every meal. The first thing the tryptophan does is turn into serotonin, which makes you feel really good. And then it turns into melatonin, which makes you feel drowsy. Glucose from the carbs also may block brain cells called orexin neurons, which are responsible for keeping you alert. But let's separate meal myth from feast fact. When you combine tryptophan in your food with all the other amino acids, hormones, and macronutrients you get in a meal, it doesn't have much of an effect. So stop blaming the Thanksgiving turkey. It has less tryptophan than chicken anyway. Plus, high-protein meals don't have the same sleepy effect, since protein tends to promote the release of more stimulating amino acids. So if you want to avoid getting sleepy after you eat, all you need to do is eat a balanced meal. Try to not have too much starch or fat, and make sure your meal comes with enough veggies and protein. Also, watch your portions and eat slowly so your body's hormones have time to balance out. This will keep the food coma at bay so you can really enjoy the festivities. Bon appetit! Are you going to meet the parents this holiday season? Going to any parties at someone's house? Well, here are a few tips for making a great first impression. Last year on the Curiosity Podcast, we talked to etiquette expert Jihan Murray-Smith. Here's some of her advice, whether you're hosting guests or just planning to show up at a friend or family's place. I think sometimes people forget this, and especially up here, it's not so big. Like I said, the South, it's all about hospitality, and they're really big on rules of etiquette and making people feel comfortable and loved and appreciated. The general rule is never show up to someone's home empty-handed. Never. Never. Even when my friends say, oh, don't bring anything, just bring yourself. I go, okay, yeah, right. And I show up. I don't care if it's flowers for the host to show, say thank you for, you know, hosting us. If I know that my friend enjoys wine, I'll pick up a couple of bottles. If I know that they're going to have guests there who don't drink, I might get a couple of bottles of sparkling juice or cider because that's always nice because there's always that one person who may not really like wine or any other alcoholic beverage. Um, So just bringing something, a box of chocolates, a candle, something for the host to enjoy. Those are great ideas. Yes. The only one I can think of is wine. And you hear it, (laughs) candles and ciders and chocolates. Yes. Letting them know that, thank you, I really appreciate this. Now, say it's a potluck Thanksgiving, or maybe they say, you know what, we have everything. Always ask, okay, you're hosting Thanksgiving. May I bring a side dish? May I bring a dessert? Dessert, I think, is always a nice touch uh, because if you're, if I'm hosting Thanksgiving, which I do, I don't expect for someone to bring a side of macaroni and cheese or a side of mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes like, yeah. if I'm hosting, I'm going to host and I'll have the entire meal ready. But dessert is always nice because I'm not a baker. But again, it's based on. The person, you know this person as an individual, like I have an aunt, she loves to bake. I wouldn't bring dessert. I wouldn't buy a pie or a cake to take to her house because I'm sure she'll have 10 pies and four cakes. So think about who this person is. If you're the host, think about the people that you've invited. See if they have any, in today's world, any dietary restrictions because you want all of your guests to be comfortable. And if you have overnight guests, say your in-laws are coming, little things, making sure that you have clean linen, 
you know, make sure the room that they're staying in is spotless, really nice and clean, fresh towels, show them around because you might have weird things about your bathroom. Like in my parents' home, the light switch is outside of the the oh, bathroom. Yeah. So yeah, just showing your guests, making sure there's water on the nightstand. If you're staying at someone's home, offer to pay for a meal, take them out or offer gas money. You know, these little, little things that show... I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That's all your that's all that's the whole point of all of it. Again, that was Jihan Murray Smith, an etiquette expert based in Chicago. Hey, we're back in the future, 2021. So let's recap the main things we learned today. Well, we learned some pretty good tips for keeping the peace during family meals. First, remember alcohol is not required. Nobody's gonna be mad if you serve delicious apple cider this time of year, right? And speaking of things you don't need to have a good time, put away your phone. The holidays might be one of the few times a year you see certain family members, like cousins or grandparents. So do what you can to actually see them. You can text your friends later, so take a break from your phone. Right. And speaking of breaks, sitting down for a meal this time of year should feel like a break, not a stressful event. Easier said than done, I know. I'm sure you want to quote-unquote fix what's wrong with your parents or siblings or son or daughter. But remember that there's a time and place for everything. And the Thanksgiving dinner table is not that place. I think that rings especially true this year. Remember our conversation a couple weeks ago with Lee McIntyre? Or go back if you missed it. Because like we said, you're probably not going to change your family's mind about vaccines or COVID while you're sitting around eating stuffing and cranberries. So table the debate topics and save them for another time. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other fun things to talk about, like your favorite Thanksgiving food, minus mashed potatoes. Mmm. How about you? Oh, man. <laughs> it, it always depends on whose who's dinner I'm having. I've actually had a really great time. The last few years, I've been having Thanksgiving dinner in North Carolina, a Southern Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, they have some things that I never really get uh, elsewhere, like cornbread pudding. It's amazing. Oh. Have you had that? It's amazing. I want it. It's like all the best things about cornbread, but it's like, I, I can't even describe it because I can hardly remember what it is. I just remember that it's great and I want more of it right now. Well, speaking of delicious food, we also learned that the scientific term for a food coma is postprandial somnolence. It happens because when you eat, your pancreas releases insulin to help your stomach absorb glucose from the carbs you ate. Or if you're like me, your pancreas does nothing. But for everybody else, that insulin sends amino acids like tryptophan to your brain, which turns into serotonin and then melatonin, which makes you feel drowsy. Glucose from carbs can also block brain cells that are responsible for keeping you alert. So if you want to avoid getting sleepy, eat a balanced meal, avoid too much starch or fat, make sure you get veggies and protein, and don't eat too fast. Or just do all of those things if you really want that nap after dinner. Here, here. I mean, sometimes we all need an excuse to take a break from family time, right? And most importantly, don't blame the turkey. The turkey is not the cause for your sleepiness. Right. Also, fun fact about me, postprandial somnolence is my most uttered word at Thanksgivings. Maybe not my most uttered. It's, it's, I say it a lot during Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because I think it's so fun. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, there's a scientific term for just food coma. Everyone else calls it a food coma, which is normal. Postprandial somnolence. Share that with your family. I'm not going to do that. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
We also learned some great etiquette tips. If you're heading to a party or dinner at someone's place, then a good rule of thumb is to never show up empty handed. Ah, this is such good advice and something that I don't always do. If the hosts or guests don't drink, you don't have to bring wine. You can consider bringing flowers, candles or a box of chocolate. And if the host is preparing a meal, then they probably have the main course and the sides figured out. So if you want to pitch in and help, then maybe dessert is a safe bet. And if you're hosting guests, then remember, it's all about making them feel comfortable. Make sure the room where they're staying is cleaned up and show them around so they're not surprised by quirky parts of your home. That way, they won't spend all night searching for a hidden bathroom light or wondering if that weird noise they're hearing is your old dryer or a ghost. And definitely let them know if you have a ghost. You don't, you don't have to let them know. I, <laughs> I think you should let them know if you have a ghost. If you have a ghost, I guess let them know, but you probably, you probably don't have a ghost. You probably don't, but if you do... All right, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the writer for today's stories was Ashley Hammer, who's also our managing editor. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. If you're on your way to somebody's place and you forgot to get a gift and it's too late, I've got an idea. Share Curiosity Daily. It'll be their new favorite podcast. Everybody wins. And I know you'll have a lot to talk about. Ashley, stop shaking your head at me. Just Or, or stop by a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Well, then, either way, you can join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.